Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the beautiful day and all the many blessings throughout the day. Now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. We truly thank you for it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study of May to Z, starting a new word, lead, L-E-A-D, such as being a leader and leading people, leading someone, and the Lord leading us. And we'll cover those subjects and and the use of the word lead. But let's look at an example first before we get into the actual use of the word lead in a great leader, which was Noah. People usually don't think about Noah as being a leader, but he was basically the leader of his family into that salvation of that ship. And by the guidance and direction of God, and became a world leader because he was this, the leader of his family when there was no one left but him and his family, the seven others. But in Genesis chapter 6, it reads, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they, were, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord." So he gives Noah this task. Down in verse 14, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in it, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. So he builds that awesome ark. And then in chapter 7, verse 7, And Noah went in, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. And then over in verse 15, And they went in unto Noah, into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. All the animals coming in there. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. And the flood was forty days upon the earth. And the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lifted up above the earth. So they were in that ship, in that ark, until the appointed time for them to come out of that ark, in chapter 9. And Noah blessed, excuse me, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth. 
and upon all the fishes of the sea, into your hand are they delivered. Into your hand. So he became, like I say, the ruler of the planet, the ruler of all of the animals, the, all mankind. So he was that awesome leader of his family at that time. And gives us an example over in chapter 8 in verse 20 where it says, And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took every of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. So he was the religious leader of the time as well, showing the pattern of to his family. So we don't think of Noah that much as being a leader, but he was a leader. So I wanted to throw him in there first in this study. But now let's look at a man that was chosen to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. They were in Egypt and were under the rule of a Pharaoh that, that did not know Joseph and did not respect the people, his descendants, and had become very oppressive on the people. And let's look at the account of Moses being chosen to be a leader of the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt, as we see this in Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock of the to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, and even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, and put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt." So he's been given that task to lead the children of Israel out of bondage there. And of course, through the accounts of all the 
plagues that had to become had to come upon Egypt before the Pharaoh would submit to that request to let them go, or that demand to let them go. And then as they have come out and they're making their journey in Exodus chapter 13, pick it up in verse 17. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest preadventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. Now this word repent here is not like repentance we see in the New Testament speaking of turning from your sins. This means they were turning away. They would like, no, 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 I don't want to get into that battle. I'm going back home to Egypt. Verse 18, but God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. That was the request of Joseph to take his bones back to the promised land. Verse 20, And they took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. So here we see the word lead being used, the Lord leading them with this cloud and with the fire to show them the direction that he wants them to go. Verse 22, he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So he guides them, leads them. They go through quite an experience. And we see over in verse 15 and verse 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphantly Gloriously, the horse and the rider hath he thrown into the sea. And this was event that kept, happened just shortly after they go gone across the Red Sea on dry ground. But then the Egyptians following them, the Lord let the water come down and destroy the Egyptians that were trying to follow them and take them back into captivity. So they're singing this song after they made that through a journey through that Red Sea on dry ground safely on the other side. As we see that again here in chapter 15, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphant gloriously the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he is become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation, my father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. In Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned into in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest forth thy 
wrath which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils the waters were gathered together, the floods stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congelled in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, and my lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them, they sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holy, holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestium. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm they shall be as still as a stone till thy people pass over O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased, shall bring them in, and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign for ever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with the, his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land into the midst of the sea. And of course they were led from that. And they went on through their journeys. So. And let's jump over to chapter 20 where we see the Lord given the Ten Commandments to Moses which are designed to lead them into a path of obedience and into a path to righteousness, which is what the commandments were designed for, is to lead mankind. We can look at the commandments and they will help us get on the pathway to salvation. When we honor the Lord, when we love the Lord, when we repent, turn to Him, then He will guide us by His Word and by the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost. But we see here the word of God being given to Moses to deliver to the children of Israel to lead them on the pathway to obedience and to righteousness. In Exodus chapter 20, reads, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. 
Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. So the Lord gives them these ten commandments that we still treasure and cherish and should follow today. And they were given, as I say, a method to lead them into a God-glorifying life, into a life that would bring honor and glory to the Lord and also benefit society and civilization. Because that's what they're designed for, to have a peaceful, loving relationship with God and all our neighbors, all mankind. There to lead them. I right, now look at Deuteronomy in chapter 8. We see here where the Lord led them in Deuteronomy chapter 8. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. Now here where he says all the commandments, there were some 613 plus or minus commandments, ordinances, statutes that were given in the Old Testament. We just read the primary ten that were focused upon that he carved onto the stone tablets and presented to the children of Israel. As it continues here in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2, and Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. So that was part of the reason that they were led through that challenging journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. Basically, he was filtering out those that would be led. Verse 3, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. That was an amazing miracle right there, to be able to wander in the wilderness for forty years, and your clothes not even wear out. 
Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth ye, thee, you, us, all of us. He spanks us, corrects us, and that shows his love and care for us. That's part of him leading us. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. A warning in there. They've been led by the Lord through all this and are going to be continuing to be led by the Lord. But reminded them, when you start receiving the blessings, remember to be thankful and consider where they come from. Verse 12, Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thou fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. See, right there in verse 17, he's reminding us to be thankful for what the Lord has blessed us with. Be thankful for the leading hand of the Lord who has led us through our life, who has led us into blessings and acknowledge that it came from him, not from ourselves. It's terrible when people have that attitude that they achieved what they have, have been given by their own hand. It's a blessing that comes from the Lord. We can't even take a single breath without it being a gift from God. Verse 17 again, And thou say in thine heart, My power and my might of mine hand have gotten me this wealth. Horrible thing for a person to proclaim that he is a self-made man. Verse 18, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do 
at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. The warning going out there. In verse 20, As the nations which the Lord destroyed before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. That warning going out there to them, did they heed that warning? On occasions they did, but on occasions they did not, and they suffered for it. And still today, to all of us, we be thankful, we be obedient, or we get chastised. Simple as that. All right, now let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 32. Picking it up in verse 7, 32 verse 7 reads, Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in a waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Here again, reference to leading or being led by God. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them, on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rocks, butter of kine, and milk of sheep, with fat of lambs and rams of the bread of Bashan, and goats, with the fat of kidneys of wheat, and thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. Reminding them of the blessings from the Lord, reminding them that they were led into the promised land by the Lord, protected, guided, chosen people, and blessed. And we need to remember all the wondrous things the Lord has done for us, to always be thankful and give Him all the credit, all the honor, and all the glory. Not to say that we are self-made or that we've reached the level that we have by our own power, our own might. No, the Lord has led us. He's given us wisdom. He's given us health. He's given us opportunities. He's given us the blessings. So always be thankful for everything that you have. Every single breath that we can take, every heartbeat that we have is a blessing from the Lord. It's a gift from the Lord. It's by grace. And it is very, very important to be led by the Lord. So follow the guidance of the Lord that we can find in His Word and by listening to the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost and be led by God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, please do lead us. Lead every single thought that we have, everything that we do, every step that we take, so we can be on that pathway of righteousness, to be led in that pathway of righteousness, to bring you honor and glory, and be looking forward to being with you for eternity. We truly thank you for your leadership. 
as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.